After years of helping online businesses make more money by advising them on their taxes and finances, I've now made it my mission to reach as many profitable online businesses as possible to help them save on their taxes and make more money. On my quest, I bring you proven and real profitable online business owners, and we dig into how they do it. All right. Hello again. Thanks for being here on the few, the proud, the profitable. This is the podcast where we talk exclusively to six and seven figure online business owners. We know that in this space, there's a lot of people who fabricate, who exaggerate their successes. So what we do here, we've taken the guesswork out of it for you. And we only talk to people who are actually making real money online. We've got one of those today, Tamara Thompson. Thanks for being here. Oh, thanks so much. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, we're excited. This will be a lot of fun. So the first thing we always ask everybody is just in a couple of sentences, tell us who you are, tell us what you do. It's hard to do it a couple of sentences. No, well, okay, do it, do it in many <laughs> sentences then. Yeah, no, no, go, go for it. I'm joking with you. Yeah, so um, I'm a business owner, a CEO of a video, uh, creative video marketing agency, and we help people broadcast their authority online through video content. So starting with your video podcast, which is repurposed into your audio podcast, and then the micro content that goes to help promote yourself as the authority and influence online. So for content for LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram stories, you name it, we, we get you out there. So you're, you have the relevant content and that omnipresence feel. Um, yeah. So you have a done for you service really helping you out. Yeah. I think the done for you side is helpful too, because at least for me and most of the entrepreneurs I know, unless you were just like the selfie queen to begin with, unless that's what your natural propensity was, video is usually the last thing you want to touch. I think that's for most of us is the... Unless you're a high I. I think the high I's <laughs> and the D's will step in there on the influence side. Yeah, But uh, it is true though, like people get nervous about video, you know, it's, it's one of those things you want to feel comfortable, you know, if it's a vanity thing, you want to make sure you have your hair and makeup done mm -hmm. if you're female yeah. or you have good lighting or, you know, you want the, all these questions and all these things that hold people back from taking mm -hmm. steps. But if you look at a lot of the large influencers out there, look at Rachel Hollis. I mean, she gets up with her cup of coffee, you know, mm -hmm. her, her hair is like, half brushed, you know, the more she's like, I just got up out of bed guys. Like she's not worrying about her hair and makeup, but she's there giving content, sharing stories. And she's got millions of followers, you know, at this mm -hmm. point, she's just being her, she's just being herself, you know, Wait, and so, I think that's, but it's a brand thing too. You know, if you yeah. position yourself as a brand, if you're a luxury brand or, you know, something like that, then you need to fit the, the mold that you're putting out there in the space. So totally sure. Right. Well, I mean, it's like we were talking about a little bit before and what I end up talking to a lot of people on this is authenticity that whatever your truth is, whatever you actually are as a person, that could be you being this big, slubby, slob of a person. But if that's what you really are, there's probably... <laughs> over there on TikTok. <laughs> you know? Right. If that's what you actually are, then le lean into that, lever leverage that. If you're the person who is super corporate and prim and proper, go with that. But I think the sort of incongruity and the disconnect will be where so many of us what we think people want to see or what we perceive as being a superior way to be is what we try to portray, which if that's who we actually are, yes. It's but the same uh, way. It's the same way holding events, right? If you're holding events and you are the authority on stage of your own event, you know, you're, you might step up there and, you know, rock your talk in your jeans and your tennis shoes and hat, or you might wear a dress and heels, mm -hmm. you know, or you might wear like, 
slacks and a blouse and flats like me. I want to be comfortable, but yeah. I want to be classy, right? But I want my personality to show too. So mm -hmm. there's my days where I'm in my yoga pants and there's the days where I'm wearing my black slacks, you know? <laughs> right. So, so, but people have to understand that's, that's just me and that's who I am. So depending on the situation, I'm going to put myself out there. If it's behind the scenes real quick and I really want to show something and I don't quite have my makeup on, I'm, I might just do it anyways because I chose to be in that moment where we're right. doing professional content. We're obviously going to have the, the, the hair and makeup artist and everything with our production so that yeah. it's clean. It's classy. So but that's me. So Well, yeah, and I think obviously production value, you don't want to come across as a, a slob or just gross or anything, but what you said at the outset is one thing that I've sort of realized the longer I've been, not that I do a ton of video, but as I've been slow, you know, dipped my toe into this starting five years ago is the first video we did, I don't know how many takes it must have taken. And some little thing we did on our website that finished content is probably like two minutes long, but it was, oh man, this like one hair is out of place and this shirt isn't perfectly pressed and you, you obsess over these tiny, tiny details. You're the, and you realize, you're the only one that's obsessing about it. Though. You're the <laughs> only one. People need to realize I've had people, you know, in the past, like when I worked in corporate, we had people do like 34 or 64 takes on this one, you know, t piece that's going to be maybe like a short, like, well, it wasn't short, but they were for like content for like online educational pieces mm -hmm. that were like 20 minute long segment modules but when somebody can't get the point across every 20 seconds that's gonna be hard to you know be congruent but some people were so worried about you know if they started to sweat or perspire or you know and the lights getting too hot having to mm -hmm. keep dabbing redoing makeup um it's just about being able to get through that and once you finally right. got through that that point then you're like i can do that again you know mm -hmm. <laughs> like it's just like start and right. you know, worry about that initial one because you can always get better like you mm -hmm. can always get better so well there's it's not a perfect parallel but some of the guys that we work with they're the called the marketplace superheroes and they train people how to be amazon sellers and one of them guy named robert ricky he talks about how when you're doing your creating your first pro your first um product with Amazon that he's like, I wish people would just set that first product on fire because what he said, people won't end up doing it. They won't end up creating anything because they're so obsessive over these tiny, th tiny little details and it stalls them from ever actually you have to launch. creating it. You he's create like, your your launch. first product's not going to be the best one. Your first video, your first anything is going to be by the standards you'll have later on will probably be pretty atrocious, but we got to get through it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. Like, and that's why it's important when you're setting up your products or services, whatever that is, you have to have that consistent product. You have to create the product, have a, the actual funnel in place. What's the marketing like? What's mm -hmm. the sales copy? Where is this going? What's the call to action? Who are you marketing it to? Because a lot of people are just out there like, in this entrepreneurial yeah. space, like I'm going to create this and it's going to do awesome because I just saw Dean Graziosi and Tony Robbins launch it and they did amazing. You know, like people have yeah, these conceptions that they, they have to have their market in place. They have to know where they're going to be marketing it. If they have a Facebook group that, you know, they've been 
priming or whatnot or an email list or if they're going to a webinar or whatnot like it's it's they have to know where they want it to go we, I mean, right we work with people that are you know are marketing consultants you know and they have to make sure that they have that whole process down and being a business owner myself we've gone through the processes of learning like what we have to have in place to enroll you know 20 new clients today like i yeah. have to be able to, I, I i know that like when we are at events and we enroll, you know, over 20 people in, in one sitting in one day or one weekend and generate multiple six figures in a matter of three days, we have to know how to onboard those people and make them happy mm -hmm. from the get-go. So people need to think bigger and stop worrying about like what they look like and get themselves right. out there in order to build because the thing with business owners is you have to be able to delegate too. And I've seen a lot of people get stuck because they get focused solely on themselves and get caught up in mm -hmm. their own head so that they're like, Oh, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this where I would turn around and say, you don't have to do any of that stuff. You need to delegate out to the right people that can own it for you that are, do a much better job and do it quicker than you. And what mm -hmm. is it that you need to focus on? So that's really what we teach our clients is like, yeah. you guys record these four videos a month you pass it off to us and we have all of this process and they they see like what we're doing behind the scenes in the task manager but at the same time they don't have to worry about anything because our team's creating the your proper seo content headlines with what people are actually searching for in their niche so that they don't have to worry about that so when people get too caught up in their head for their business thinking that they have to do everything it's really just a sense of like no, you want to build, you want to generate more revenue. You have to delegate out the right times and figure out if it's contractor or employee, because a lot of the time you don't need to hire an employee right off the bat. Right. You know? So it's, it's interesting. I could go off on business. Oh you No. Know, yeah. I mean, well, there's so much nuance to pretty much any decision we make and what you were saying at the outset when you were talking that people just, there's two sort of extremes, I guess. It's what we talked about, how people will obsess over the minutiae of every little detail and it stops them from doing stuff. Mm -hmm. Other times people will do sort, sort of the opposite of what you were saying, where they don't have any sort of plan to where they say, I'm just going to create this content. I'm going to blast this stuff out. I'm just going to go nuts, but they don't have any of the infrastructure. They don't even necessarily going to what you they said, don't have even, they don't a even purpose. Know if that's what they're, they don't even know if that's sometimes what their audience wants. What and their I, audience wants, if that's what they want to sell, what, what is, and it, sometimes it's funny when you talk to clients about anything, you say, okay, or they, they tell you, I want to do this. Mm -hmm. And you, okay perfectly reasonable why do you want to do that exactly. and why sometimes and the, <laughs> right what's going to happen from the outcome <laughs> yeah and sometimes it's funny the disconnect between what a stated goal is versus what like I said, the how of how they would actually be able to execute that and sort of even pass the goal what they're hoping to get from it there can be this kind of uh, sometimes people have a down pat. Sometimes they, it is all super congruent. It is the cleanest plan to begin with. Sometimes there's this massive disconnect between what they want, what they want from the thing they think they want and the, the work they'd be willing to do to even achieve that goal. Well, I've seen that on like different scales. So like yeah. you could have someone that's a, an action taker and a go getter, but on the side, they might, uh, be wanting to control everything and be micromanager, mm -hmm. right? And that's gonna play some part in like 
slowing processes down for people. And that's the yeah. other sense of like just getting started and, and doing and things can get better as you go. And that's what we teach our clients a lot because it's like you launch your video podcast and maybe you're like, you start doing your few, first few episodes and then the feedback's out there, everything's created, but we're like, here's the feedback, just let's keep going because you can yeah. always better that, you know? Yeah. And there's way to, to post-produce and of course edit things out, right? But, but when people really figure that out, if they want to, it really depends on what their brand is though, because if they want to be considered a solopreneur or small business owner on that side, that's totally fine. I'm the type of person that's like, I want to build an agency. I want to, you know, mm -hmm. I want to build out. I want yeah. to provide more jobs for people. I want to, you know, I want to be people to be creative together and help grow because I'm giving more people opportunity to make money by providing jobs for them. And so like in the bigger picture, the more people that I connect with in different in areas, they know what we do specifically. They're like, Hey, you know, that's great because then we have JV partners and affiliate partners for mm -hmm. our products and services. And cause we want to give back and through our events, it's always important for me to give back too. So each year we give back to a specific charity that, that I'm always near and dear to as well. And so like this, this last year we gave back to the peace through participation project because it's a, a 10 year old. She's now 11, but she had started this charity because she, she does come from, a more well-to-do family, but she started seeing things out there and having conversations with other young girls that didn't have what she has, you know? And so we wanted to give back to allow people to come to the self-esteem conference for these young girls. And so we started donating. So it's like $50 a head, you know, so here's, you know, a thousand dollars here that's going to help bring more people together. And then they have different pillars that help girls with uh, self-esteem, uh, personal development, uh, eye care, um, dental, like those things. But like mm -hmm. see, when you start giving back in your own business model, when you can, like it starts opening up doors more abundantly. It's, it's very yeah. intriguing to me, but the more I give back and give back to other people of our JV partners, like people start referring you more, you know, and, and then you're not just worrying about what's my ad copy on my Facebook ad or what's my copy yeah. on my sales page to my webinar. Like it's, that's a piece to it. But when you're really trying to build out something, cause we work with a lot of impactful entrepreneurs too, cause they want to, to give back, but I want, like I'm the same way, but I want to be you know profitable. So it's like right. making a profit and a, you're making profit from a passion and making a difference. But people making need to an impact is the two and understand that you can do both, but you have to know how. <laughs> and so. being, being impactful and actually being able to give back is predicated on being profitable. Doing all that exactly. stuff is fantastic, <laughs> exactly. but if you're not profitable, you're not giving back, exactly. back much because you're not in business. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, the agency route and just really scaling a true business has always been more appealing to me. And that's most of what our, we deal with with our clients because one, it's actually some degree of passive income that you're building for yourself. It's not just that you have this sometimes uber profitable job, but you still have a job. But if you're, if you're a solopreneur, sure. I'm not saying it's impossible for you to make a difference. It's not impossible for you to do the stuff, but it's all just relative to scale. You have, you only have so much bandwidth. You only have so much you can reasonably make. It's just you to where there's only so much you're going to be able to do in that model. There is a very blatant and obvious cap to what you're going to be able to do there. Well, each time I know in, in my previous situations over the last like, seven years since, since I started the business, 
we, um, the things that, that held me back in the beginning was I kept getting sucked back in. So I kept getting sucked back into yeah. fulfillment. Um, and, you know, and I have such great team members now. Our head of operations is amazing. You know, project management, you know, amazing. Like, it's like, they, they literally say, like, we don't want you in there. Like, you know, right. you, because I'm a creative and I'm so good at the relationship building and the connecting experience. That's all I do is just connect with high level individuals and business owners, um, get myself mm -hmm. out there to be seen, you know, have my own show and, you know, get on other shows as well to share what we're doing as an experience for people and how we can help provide help with our service. And so, but it's more about an experience than just like being a service-based industry. I think that's what differentiates us a lot of the time because a lot of the time people will come back and they'll say, you know what, Tamara's team cares. Like, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of people that out there that really are just there to take your money. Like we want to make a difference. But we want people, we want to care, but we want them to see results. So be like, you guys have to do your part so we can do mm -hmm. our part, you know? Right. That's the thing is people get set up on things, but if you're not taking the actionable steps for yourself, for the next part of the team, if it's your team or a service or whatever, then it gets bottlenecked back in there, right? So it's like, ah, and that's what, after I started delegating out, I was like, oh, I don't have to do this. There's somebody out there that's better than me. And then this, this is awesome. <laughs> you know, yeah. so it was, I'm just super grateful to just be able to say like, when you find the right team members, I'm not saying it's easy. Like you, you yeah. can go through VAs, you can go through designers and you know, we have people take like personality tests, like the disc test or the Colby test. Mm -hmm. So we're like, what are their strengths? Put them in those roles because that's really what's going to define where your company goes and who's going to help propel you. And you start realizing who has those strengths and you're like, oh, keeper, mm -hmm. you know, keeper, they're helping us grow and scale. And so, uh, and that's always exciting too, but it's definitely learning. You just have to hold on to your hold on to your pants. <laughs> so. I think people get discouraged when they have a, a bad experience because, and like you said, finding the right people is not easy. One of the most miserable tax seasons, I, I had two really bad tax seasons. One is where I blew out my back right in the middle of it and had to have surgery pretty much as soon as it was done. And I was, so I'm working 80, hundred hours with a blown out disc. The second one was when I hired a CPA who just wasn't up to snuff. And we'd taken on all this additional business predicated on the idea of there being two of us to do it. Yeah, and then that, that, didn't, that didn't work out. So it was me here until 3, 4 a.m. every morning. Just so, and it, so it was miserable. Part of it, I made part of it, the fault of it is mine because I hired the wrong person. But I think people will let, and I think they even talk about this in, one of um, Mike McLeod's uh, book, I think it might've been clockwork. I can't remember which, where he talks about where people will have the, a bad experience and they don't like the way things are going. So like, forget it. I'm not hiring anybody else. They, they downscale their team again. And then they're it, back to just doing it. it they, just, they bottleneck themselves yeah. right back. But I think we, because it is hard to find good help instead of, if you if you get it wrong, just trying again, refining your process, looking at your own management style. Some of the failures I can see in terms of that we've had and have now in the organization is because I don't structure things right. Yeah. It's because I've got my own issues as an entrepreneur that I haven't 
offloaded the work that I should or offload in the way that I should. But I think the easy thing to do is say, nope, I'm a solopreneur or nope, I'm getting rid of the staff and I'm I done. Think, but I think the other thing is too, is people, like you said, the word failure, which I don't even have that in my vocabulary. <laughs> like it's like, it's like even Lori Grenier from Shark Tank like says like, you don't use the word failure. It's a learning lesson because, yeah. and I'm the type of person that's like next, 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 because I'm just like, boom, boom, boom. I'm like that top, what I said, 7% of women that are negotiators. So I'm like in there figuring out what works and who works well and ask questions. I'm, I'm kind and compassionate, but you have to be able to listen. Mm -hmm. But when it, it doesn't seem right that I know, like automatically, like, okay, sorry, unfortunately we have to let you go. We have to try something else. Um, but it's, it's like, a, well, they say like, I, I like to give people opportunities because they say like a higher, 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 well, higher, fast, fire, fast, whatever. I don't, I don't fully believe in that. Um, I think that you need to give people an opportunity, explore, express your concern if they're not hitting up to your expectations. And then if that doesn't come through, then you need to just make sure you del it out, delegate it out more because I think people take it personally too. Like, have you ever read the four agreements? I haven't, no. Okay, so well, one of them is uh, don't take things personally. One's don't make assumptions. The third's uh, be impeccable to your word. And four is always do your best. So those mm -hmm. are the four agreements. I read that book coming into sobriety almost nine years ago, and it made me think differently. It allowed my mindset to open up in every situation that I went with. I basically said, you know, like I, I plugged those thoughts into my head. I said, like, am I really doing my best at this? Like, probably not. Or, you know, somebody just said something to me and I was like, Oh, you know, I'm like, no way. I just took that personally. I have no idea what's going on in their life. <laughs> right. And then I like, or if something's like somebody says something or, or you see somebody on the street and you make an assumption about them, like the, anytime I started shifting my way of thinking, every time I step into a situation, I like to ask lots of questions. And so, and I'm like the follow-up queen because when somebody says no or rejects me, I say, why? So I've turned a lot of yeses uh, or knows into uh, a maybe to, okay, I'm in. Like it, it's because it's the same with sales calls, right? Enrollment mm -hmm. calls, like you have to, to fight the objections or figure out what the objections are to surpass those. And it's like, it's the same way thinking through business as well. It's like th those things I always think about every single day. Like I bring that book into my life and then I'm like, okay, what am I taking something personally? Like, am I just need to ask them, like, there's something going on in their life right now that they just can't handle these tasks, <laughs> you know, yeah. like we all have lives, you know, but we're, they're there to work for us, with us to help our business grow. And if they can't do that, then of course we have to let them go. But when you give up on the first person, like you're not going to be able to grow. <laughs> like you just no, don't I mean, next and not take it personally. <laughs> well, you, you've got a, you've got a job at that point. And I like what you say about not you're not making assumptions or move, moving too quickly on things. Cause I think there, there's some proverb that talks about um, to he that responds to a matter before he has heard it, that it's a foolishness and a humiliation. I think all of us have this sort of tendency to, we, we speak quickly, we don't listen particularly. And we're easy. It's easy for us to think we know what is going on, even when any objective data point or analysis would show us the opposite mm -hmm. yeah. we're real easy to think that it's really easy for us to think that we've got a full view of, of the picture and there's some psychological phenomenon and I always forget what the name of it is 
but it's someone, the example is given is someone cuts us off in traffic. We're like that idiot. They have no idea how to drive. What a moron, how they'd get their license. But if we cut someone off in traffic, we say, man, I only slept two hours last night and the sun was in my eyes and someone yelled at me at work. And you can have all these justifications to where you understand what's going on. But when it's the other person, it's much more cut and dry and there's no nuance to the situation. Because it's easy to point fingers. You know, you can do whatever you want, but inevitably we all have lives to live and there's always something going on. And, you know, I think another thing is that what the entrepreneurs struggle with is the, uh, the solo business owners might have like the entrepreneur depression, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people talk about this, you know, online openly, um, where they're like, Hey, does anybody have this? And I'm sure every single entrepreneur has had entrepreneurial depression at some yeah. point. And, but like we were talking about earlier before this is like people can be perceived or put themselves online as crushing it. Um, because it's, it's a social media platform that we can do whatever we want. We can post whatever the heck we want, right? You can position yourself as authority. You can go take pictures with Lamborghinis and go do whatever you want to do, um, to make people, perceive you in a certain way but inevitably deep down those people know that they're not doing the right thing and then you'll see two months later that person falls off the platform or all of a sudden there's a post of how that they are not generating anything for their business yeah. because that it, they weren't building a viable business they're just trying to build influence based on imagery or you know positioning which positioning is very important for your business but yeah. you're not working on your business versus in your business it's not going to grow and people just need to understand that too. And, and there's plenty of influencers out there that, that have made the multi-millions and they do take pictures like that too. Like they take them in their private jets and yes, they own those or they rent those or whatever. They have the money to pay for those, but they've built viable businesses. Half the influencers out there have been um, basically encouraged by other big influencers like, uh, like Tony Robbins example. So he told Ed Milet, that he needs to speak on more stages. He needs to mm -hmm. share his story. He needs to build a brand. And that's what he started doing. I believe it was, I believe it was making, don't quote me right on this per, per se, but I believe he was making like 400 million in his business at the point before he came okay. online. And now he, you know, just spoke at Lewis Howe's event, you know, he's crushing it. You know, he's just spoke at Rachel Hollis's event, but Ed Milet's like a, a prime example of somebody that had already built already a sustainable business yeah. and then <laughs> blew up online. Mm -hmm. So people get this like misconception that, you know, like, oh, I can do this online because I have a following, but then you might not be attracting the right people with the way that right. you're positioning yourself online because you want to have the right positioning for qualified leads mm -hmm. uh, that actually will value your service. You know, and if you have a product that's $9.97 a month, you know, that shouldn't be out of reach for most people at that point. If you have a viable business, be like, yes, I want to enroll at $9.97 a month for the year. That's a no-brainer because that's going to help me propel my business. Yeah. You know, I think so <laughs> yeah, no, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying like, but when people are hesitant to things like that, you start understanding that those people are probably not, not where they say they are, mm -hmm. or their positioning is off somewhere. So yeah, I've had multiple conversations with people and it's so, so intriguing, like what, where they believe that the biggest investments should be, which I believe like strongly and making sure that your mindset and understanding the value of yourself is important, you know, first, but understanding you have a valuable, valuable service to sell. 
But when people are only investing in the coaching industry, they need to understand there's other elements of building a business from the marketing, the copy, the sales, and the right. team that are going to help propel you, right? So, and, and, and the coaching programs that are so, so high level, yes, they can keep doing that. But a lot of the times I see the circle, the same circle just keeps running together for years. Mm -hmm. And you want to be seen by so many people, right? right. So invest in different places that make sense for your business is basically what, what I tell people. So. Yeah, absolutely. Because it, this space is always interesting to me going to what you just said about it being, you know, it's the same circle and it's the same people. The internet marketing space, it's global, but it's also a kind of a tight knit little industry at the same time. So if then you're getting into subsets and subgroups within the internet marketing industry, you might have a population of a hundred people where, yeah, y'all, y'all have gotten value from each other. You think you're great, but it, it is, it's more limiting than I think people want but to I admit think, I that it think is. People feel like they get stagnant because once you've mm -hmm. either done business or you're doing business or continue to do business with the same people, like, where's the excitement in that as well? Like, I understand sure. consistent cash flow, profit, but like you, I inevitably want to reach more people. And that's why we have a service that can work with people in multiple mm -hmm. countries. You know, we've had clients in Canada, Australia, different parts of Europe, you know, and it's like, that's cool. I can work with people from around the world. Right. We don't have to, you know, do anything other than get on these calls right. uh, to share what they need to do to work with us. And so it's just, it's just thinking differently and bigger. I mean, there's so mm -hmm. many Facebook groups out there that people can go connect with new people. They can start their own Facebook group to attract the niche that they want to, or so they think they, they want to until they really figure that out. Sometimes people create things and then they realize through that experience that that's not who they want to target, but at least mm -hmm. they've learned that through the lesson, right? So, yeah. So it, it's so cool to watch people grow though. <laughs> yeah. But you're saying there and you're saying it a, a little bit back about, Targeting the right people and building the right audience. I could be wrong. I think it might have even been Desiree who had some, some post about people on TikTok that building this huge following on on TikTok. The the real danger you can have there because TikTok everyone everyone's going really good for like a product placement. Like you know anyone that's like doing like a fill like. MLM or, you know, network marketing, those products. Like I think that th those people, those influencers are killing it with hair products or Pringles yeah. chips or Doritos. It's not that it doesn't have value, but people can confuse and conflate getting an audience with the right audience. Mm, I know. And, yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's what's so fascinating is people will think that oh man I'm, I've got a ton of people following my page or I'm getting all these likes and that's well, cool. You see the people describing their um, success not everyone I'm not stating this for everybody but a lot of the people that I've spoken with about TikTok exactly the, the platform is stating that you know yes we're getting like thousands of views I've got thousands of followers and my question is have you been able to monetize it? Right, exactly. <laughs> and they they go blank. And I'm like, exactly. I, I need to know, like, people are having these conversations on social media and they're, like, arguing with each other about how you can... I was like, how do you... Okay, tell me exactly how you're going to build your sustainable business on TikTok if you do not already have millions of followers elsewhere. Mm -hmm. You know, it, you have to ask the right questions because most of the people 
that I've talked to that are doing workshops and trainings on TikTok are not monetizing that, not in the extent that they want to, that they might be doing really well on the other side of the funnel business, you know? So it's very intriguing and people can get into heated discussions or whatnot, but you have to have the right market and TikTok is, is a place where it's a lot of young millennials at this point. So if you have that product that caters to that, go for it. <laughs> and the, and the con- that's what's interesting too, is that, yeah, it, it, the, the population you have there is maybe not the best population for most people. And it's so fine to me, you'll have these people who are business coaches or so- selling something very corporate on their main page and that's what they are they're mr corporate then they go on tiktok and they're just acting a fool there it there's no connect but but they're acting like it is it's like okay this one you're running around just doing sketch comedy this one you're selling and you think that these are somehow tied together the one thing that i have seen though that i did ask one person in specific i said i said did you notice that she said she had a conversion. I said, did you have a conversion? Because that person moved over and followed you over here. She mm-hmm. said, yes. I said, so she moved here. She saw this fun side of you. She converted onto the product, but she's already a follower on another channel. So she's already aware of her. Right. So, you know, you got to think of different things too. So they're seeing this, the fun personality come out, but you can do that on any platform, Right. Right. But it's just, just the way I don't, I'm not saying that everyone's doing something that can convert, but it's just the way that they're positioning TikTok right now. And it could, it could change. We could have more business owners go over there. It could change. I mean, in a by by yeah. the time we publish this, this might be out, out of date information. It might, it might be. And this is just based on the conversations I've had in the last 30 days, you know, mm-hmm. with people that are on TikTok. And so, and people are doing webinars to it, but I'm surprised that people are some of the people I asked about the webinars, they had not been able to convert and monetize it. So that's their way to, that's their way to monetize is that through that webinar, teaching them how to create more Mm -hmm. consistent flow on TikTok, but Mm -hmm. it's not about selling a product on TikTok. Right. So, right. And and, and it goes to any sort of business venture. It's the old cliche of like, Work, work smart, not hard. Just because we're putting effort into building a following, like we can be working really, really hard on something, doesn't mean it's necessarily the best use of our time, especially when there's so many other platforms. And again, well, I think maybe people three- should focus on a couple of platforms and then have your VA or whatnot like schedule out posts, you know, so you're not focusing on trying to. That's another thing, unless you love doing that, like it's time consuming to have the con is mm-hmm. yourself like trying to post upload whatever yeah. as your selfies <laughs> so you're either you're either giving up your own time or you're expending resources to get it done so for for anything that we're investing in we've got to take stock of okay yeah yeah it's it's really fun running around on this dinosaur costume on tiktok or it's really fun doing posting on this but mm-hmm. is this are we getting a return on this? And maybe the answer is yes. I'm not saying that definitively yeah. and absolutely it, 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 that it's not, but. It could be a long-term strategy and just seeing how it, it evolves in 2020 with business owners, entrepreneurs, and it's a very creative platform. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah. um, I, I saw a, a photographer, um, which I'm having my team like edit some videos together based on some of our video intensives behind the scenes from our clients um on t- that they're going to post on tiktok to see like what what actually works because i saw 
he had about 6.5 million followers. So I wanted, nice. I, I wanted to message him and be like, I want to know if you're monetizing your photography business, you know, because yeah. instead of owning a video agency, I'm sure it could happen. But at the same time as who's watching his, his right. stuff though, is it 14 year olds? They're like, this guy's a, a really like kick butt photographer, you know, like I love this stuff. I'm going to follow it. Like how many of the, that 6 million are people that are just re really love his cool content? Cause it's, mm -hmm. it shows this cool photo and then it, it comes like through like behind the scenes going into the photo and shows the final product. Right. And so it's really creative. Right. So we do, we're going to do the same thing with video, but at the same time, how many people are those actually going to hire you, you know, but you could be picked up by some, some, something else. You could be picked up by Ellen. You don't know. <laughs> yeah. You know the Ellen show next week. <laughs> right. So if you're like a four year old kid, that's really cute and can sing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right. Well, I tell you what, we've been rolling here for a little bit. So I'm going to skip to question four. If we have time, we might circle back to the other ones. But the one that we always like to ask people is just to give a tip that you think that every online business owner should know. Well, of course, talk, going back and talking more about visibility, it's just really about yeah. getting yourself out there. If you're creating videos already, I mean, if you're not, obviously get started. That would be my number one recommendation get going with video because video is going nowhere and it's the main the main platform yeah. I mean look at like YouTube TV uh, Hulu Netflix everybody's taking over regular television at this point everybody's online everybody has a mobile device so it's just like being able to use our mobile device daily or weekly or whatnot but thinking of ways to get themselves out there and figure out which platform they want to be on what actually what actually resonates with you and where do you think that your audience may be we've had conversations with people that want to do you know yeah. instagram but we're like i think you should probably start with facebook because there's yeah. different areas where you could actually start with in those groups first and then lead into there but it's all a personal preference too so but it's, it's really about just starting videos if it's short videos stories if people want to get going first get going with stories because then you can just get confident with short clips and you don't delete it yeah don't delete it I've, I've had people post and delete where people have taken 22 takes and they're like actually I realized the number one take was the best take I was, yeah. like, just take, I was like do take one and just post it and don't be fearful of it and telling them that like you know not everyone's gonna resonate and if anybody's ever a naysayer just delete them <laughs> like it's mm -hmm. it's not it's usually people are envious because secret they want they want to be out there they want to do something yeah. or they're going through something in their own life that you know just doesn't resonate but but yeah i mean i think honestly if people haven't done you know video but the whole thing of this year to 2020 is about creating content and repurposing it and that's where where it's going to be at but doing it in a creative way so that your same post isn't going to be the same exact video clip from youtube to facebook to linkedin it's different it's it's mm -hmm. It's targeted differently. It's split up differently. It's different graphics, different color tones, um, so that you can get creative. So if you have people are following you everywhere, they see a little bit different type of positioning clip from each of yeah. your shows. Well, so I think that's the one thing that's just repurposing it, but making it different and creative for each platform. If you choose to go on multiple platforms, well, I think people don't understand the need for native content. Mm -hmm. I don't think that people understand the importance of the content being native and designed for that platform and the mistake 
so many people make and you know right now i i engines that convert like i can go i won't go into all yeah it's yeah it's a a whole science so i'm not looking to like you know i could talk to you for hours about your expertise on what actually makes the difference but Mm -hmm. i think people just think oh yeah same but this video is great i'm going to post this on every single platform and think that it's times too though because all of a sudden people are online and they're like oh i just saw oh scrolling through my feed oh i just saw you again oh there you are same video okay (laughs) it's like playing a video game you know (laughs) but but yeah just uh understanding like so like with our clients like their podcast may launch on mondays like early but then their show for video on youtube will launch tuesdays right and then the micro content split out scheduled out on different platforms different times of the week monday through friday so that it can get that lead them back to the main purpose to the main episode to subscribe and get, gain more content so it's like strategically if they didn't see that or if they didn't see that then they might might have saw that or they saw that you know so it's like just finding that flow you're going to be seen some people will see you all over some of them will only see you once so just mm-hmm. knowing that if you're just don't post it all at the same time <laughs> Yeah. Same, same piece so i think that's really what people need to focus on this year just thinking like what what really works on which platforms you know what kind of content what kind of video content is it short just little snippets with your smartphone or is it um pre-recorded content or is it like facebook lives that you can also repurpose as well so it's just mm-hmm. thinking and figuring out where they are who's hanging out and watching you and asking them what they want to hear next although although lives do crack me up not in this isn't a shade on them in general, but when people try to repurpose lives, I think they gotta be really careful. One time I kept getting ads for somebody's, whatever their service was, I can't even remember now, but it was a clip from their Facebook live that they had put banners on, but they were responding to the audience. They're like, Oh, Hey Jesse, how you doing? And that was part of their 30 second clip of the product they were selling was they were clipping a part that actually had not bloopers exactly, but things that I think are difficult and not, um, not the cleanest for people need uh, to uh, uh, evergreen people. type thing. If people are running ads, they need to be aware of what they're pulling from their, their lives. Because obviously we work with people where we repurpose their lives, but it's mm-hmm. on the sense of getting more traction to their show, not necessarily their webinar or people trying to position the webinar as being live and it's not, um, you know, there's something yeah. that, you know, <laughs> there's ethical things in there uh, and people are just trying to test things too. I think also with Facebook ads, if they're not targeting right, or they don't have their settings right too, for people that might have already, like what I've seen is people like, oh, I've already seen this webinar or, you know, people aren't, you know, doing specific things. It's, it's interesting to see like where people like show up too. So yeah, it's very important to pick the right stuff from repurposing your Facebook lives, you know, because hey, they're like trying to be in there as if it's live or or whatnot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, and this sort of goes what we talked about at the outset is that I think there's just sort of this, there can be extremes. I think for most things we deal in extremes where it's either I need this to be so pristine and perfect to where they barely do anything or they don't do it at all. Or it's just like, yeah, let's just throw this against the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. And th- there's some balance in between there. To like, yeah, just do it. Just start. Just try. Just experiment with stuff. But also have some sort of an idea of what you want to do and some quality control of what you're putting out there. So like when we work with our clients, it's always about what we do, the market research first. So it's 
how, what are people actually searching for? Let's learn a little bit more about your target market. Who is it that you want to attract? Who is it that you are actually attracting? And then let's figure out what the content is that you're sharing. Obviously we give feedback on how to, to shoot your videos in a better quality, but it could come back and I'll be like, I have some suggestions for your next video for sure. <laughs> you know, like let's not shoot outside, but if you really need to shoot outside because that's more of your brand, then we're going to find ways that can help, but probably mm -hmm. not best to sit outside most often so you can control the audio. Um, but you know, like we work with people on things, but it's like giving that feedback, but getting them uh, co more confident on video as well. And, and once they start seeing it and seeing what, what we're creating, it's like, mm -hmm. this is what we're doing as an experience. And then they just want to keep doing it. Like yeah. I've seen people, we had a gal come out to our event that enrolled in our program and, and she's gotten so addicted to Facebook lives. Like she's done one every day since she left our event. And I was like, I didn't ask her to do that and tell her to do that, but she's like having fun and it's boosting her confidence along the way, you know, as we're getting her to set up her show and stuff. So it's just like, but it's fun to watch because we encouraged her to do something that she's never done before. And now she's excited about it. So mm -hmm. she's, she's preparing herself for her show, you know, but it's cool to see that. Cause once you do it and like, I've seen people just, they just run with it, you know, but you have to have a strategy in place of what the content is, who the guest is on your show, who are you targeting? What is the proper SEO that's going into this podcast? You know, all the things that you need to think about, like when your, your team's sending it out too. So it's, it's a little bit of both, like, yes, got to take the action, but there's a lot of strategy <laughs> behind it. Distribution, um, as well, yeah. basically help there. So, yeah. yeah. Right. And that, that's where an agency like yours helps out because I think for most of us, especially starting out the when you're doing something you're uncomfortable with like like video which is uncomfortable for <laughs> most, uncomfortable most of us get comfortable with the uncomfortable <laughs> yeah so th that's bad enough that you're having to get in front of camera then if you add layers of different things you add a bunch of administrative type work you have to do scheduling tagging getting all all the stuff done on the back end and you un add the it's overwhelming and you add in on top of that the uncertainty of I really don't know how to edit this video. I don't really know how to do any of this. So I'm doing something I don't want to do to begin with. Then I've got to do other work I really don't want to do on top of that. And then I don't really know what I'm doing at any of it. The chance of it being done with any sort of longevity I could see being pretty low. So having an agency like yours, I think is probably the success rate skyrocket. People are, when people are ready to work with us and they're really like, they're ready to delegate out and they, they have the means to do so. And they see what the investment can bring back. It's about people being able to see like, that's a no brainer because the sense of like, just one, depending on what their offer is, you know, they enroll one person because somebody Right. heard them or saw them then you know let's say they have a certain product and they're like oh two people out of the whole year out of our service helped get your investment back think of how many more people can do that mm -hmm. that's just you know it's just like when you think that way versus like oh like i don't know if i should do this right now i don't think it's right for me because you have people come in that are like maybe um really rare it up and then all of a sudden they retract it's usually within themselves and their comfortability or um, not understanding how valuable just more people seeing you and hearing you in general will allow more opportunities for people to hire you. And so it's just, it's comfortability to personality types. You know, some of us are introverted. Um, I'm an extrovert for sure. Um, and I'm not willing, I'm not, 
I know I don't take like I don't I'm just a different type of breed I'm very resilient at this point but it's just I like I, don't, I told you earlier like I don't take no for an answer it's like I want people to understand why we do what we do and how it can help serve them and so it's like when they start realizing that and it's about the human connections that we make, it's, it's right. not even just about the service, you know, it's about helping us make introductions for them, for their business. And so when we understand what you do, we say, Hey, we want to introduce people to you, to your CPA firm. You, we want to do this for you because we want to give back to people who invested in us. And that's what's right. really strong about it. So people keep coming back because we bring them business too. Um, not just from us, but from our introductions because, that's really how it should right. work with business, you know? So. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, I don't want to keep you too long. I know we've been talking a long time, just getting through basically like one of the questions, which is, which is how we like it. I actually enjoy it more when we're just get rolling on, um, on a topic and don't even rattle through the list. So for anyone who's looking to work with you, who wants to contact you, what's your website? What's your best method of contact for them? Yeah, if they go to broadcastyourauthority.com, it can link back to basically one of our opt-ins that can help talk about how you can utilize and optimize your YouTube channel. Uh, that's the best way to get in through through our channel or follow my Facebook page, Director Tamara Thompson um, would be a great one uh, as well. Facebook's a great way to connect. Um, but yeah, broadcastyourauthority.com is a great way to just lead into our sequence. So we start get to know me a little bit more, more of my video trainings and just uh, see, see how, how we can help position you as the authority as well. So. Okay, cool. We'll put those links in the description. Thanks so much for being here again. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Yeah, this was a blast. So yeah, to everyone watching, thanks for being here again on the Few, the Proud, the Profitable, where we only talk to legit six and seven figure online business owners. Remember to like this, to subscribe, to review it. And yeah, we'll catch y'all next time.